Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And hey. welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. That is Dan Kuzer making fun of me as I come in with my intro. At least that's what it sounded like. Uh, it was unintentional. It was unintentional. No, I was just, okay. Whatever. Felt good. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So yeah, man. That's what I'll, I'll go with there. I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. And uh, this is No Other Pod. So. That's right. It is my fellow Cabronavirus. It is. Uh, that's things an are interesting good. word. Yeah, never said that before. I thought I'd try it on, see if it fits you. It feels like it fits. Tastes good. Coronavirus. Okay. Coronavirus. Yeah, getting a bro in there. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't know why uh, uh, Corona beers didn't say, hey, grab your bro and a Cabrona. You know what I mean? It just, just makes sense, <laughs> right? Get your lime, yeah. squeeze it in your Cabrona. That's what every frat house across the country is right now, is just filled with Coronavirus. A lot of Cabronas in there, dude. Yeah. That is not, things are not looking good for them. No, no, uh, don't. Also, a lot of kids going to school that have coronavirus and parents are just like, yeah, it's fine. It's not great. What is going on? It's not great. I'm so it, glad I don't have children. I, I'd, I'd be so pissed. I, look, I, am, I don't have kids either, and I'm not going to pretend to understand the situation because I have to imagine this is a no-win situation. It's, it's, it's not fun, and it's not great to have kids in remote learning 24-7, sure. both from a logistical standpoint of parents working and from, yeah, the education quality is probably not as good. At the same time, I don't think I would want to send my kids to school in person and risk them contracting the illness and giving it to me or grandparents or whatever. So I just, yeah. I, it's a no, it, to me in my non-parental uneducated opinion on the concept of raising kids, it seems like a no-win situation. I just imagine that these parents are like, well, you're not going to stay home and get us sick. <laughs> get the teacher sick. <laughs> Absolutely not. Who cares about go, the teacher making minimum wage? Get all those other little midgets sick, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not, not a supposed, good word. Not supposed to use that word not anymore. Not supposed to say that word, but they, no. they are small children. <laughs> the little that, children. Uh, <laughs> kids are really just drunk dwarfs. They're so just take. Well, they're just tiny adults that are constantly trying to kill themselves and you're you just say, trying to protect them. Do you say dwarfs? Is that a thing? If you're talking about the context of Lord of the Rings. Okay. So I wasn't. Maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, things, I just, I don't know I, what's I good default, to say anymore, man. I, I don't know. I think li- little people is, I think, what I have heard, but I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think so. I mean. Do you, do you remember Hornswoggle in WWE that uh, he was the... No. little wrestler he was like a I leprechaun gimmick oh no well he told people he's just like i mean i'm a midget so yeah. it is what it is i'm totally fine with it but i can understand why people aren't i know I don't care. yeah i definitely know that word is not one that is mm. commonly oh, I'm glad we talked about this. anymore i'm glad we are teaching knowledge today anything to get rid of uh the taste of last game in our, yeah. out of our mouths from sports so, we don't even have to talk about it right yeah uh we are going to talk about it, unfortunately. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, after we've learned our socially acceptable <laughs> language lesson. Um, 
Hey, every day is a learning opportunity. Hey, so, you ain't telling me nothing. I, I'm in an economics class, bro. My head's going to explode. I don't know anything. Talking about poverty and stuff. I'm losing it. It's good. I mean, Hey, we all have blind spots and I think it's important that we all try to learn and listen across, you know, any segment of society. If you, if someone else's experience is different than your own, listen to them. And if, and if you don't think something is uh, offensive, but the affected person does listen to that. And if also do what I do, if you don't think something's offensive, text Jimmy and say, is this offensive? That does happen. <laughs> Sometimes it also is just said on the pod while we're recording before well, we have a chance to vet it. And you know, it then we end up here. I'm not going to edit it. <laughs> then we end up here. Uh, but hey, you know, it, 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 we're going to, let's press on talking about FC Dallas. There you go. <laughs> let's, let's not be crazy. All right. It's not like I'm dropping, you know, racial slurs up in here. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Unless you want no, me no. to. Should I? Nope. Let's not. Let's, <laughs> let's try to just be sensitive and accepting to all people who are listening to this podcast. That is my goal here. So we FC Dallas, uh, <laughs> this, this was a game that, you know, we played FC Dallas to a draw a couple weeks ago. I don't even remember. Uh, at Children's oh, this was Mercy like Park. the seventh time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that game should have been a sporting KC victory. We've, we talked about that last week. And so we were thinking, okay, well, whatever FC Dallas did defensively in that first game was not sustainable again. Like they surely, surely they can't do that again. And to be fair, they did have fewer blocks, but man, I don't know what it is about how FC Dallas plays sporting KC when they come to children's mercy park, they are throwing their bodies all over the place. And they still had like eight or nine blocked shots that didn't even get a chance to get on frame. Dude, Dallas was like in ninth place, like a couple weeks ago. And we've given them, six points to make their way up to like third place right now it's it's insane that they they've been able to string together these victories man um but they they they're just solid their defense is solid yeah it's and and, you know if you look at of course we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit now but if you look at where the standings are fc dallas has moved up to third place in the west they're one point behind us with a game in hand like they're they're they they They've made quick work of, of the, the games they've had against Sporting KC. They've taken advantage of it, and they've done things Sporting KC haven't been able to do. But you know, Like win games. <laughs> I think one of the biggest surprises, if you look at sort of the lineup going in the, into this game, there, there wasn't a ton of surprises, except the biggest surprise was that Alan Polito was not available for selection. Or I should declare, he was not in the team sheet on the team sheet for this game. He was available for selection, apparently, according to Peter Vermees. And Peter Vermees said, uh, I believe just on Monday, that Polito could have played. It was just Peter's decision not to put him in the team. Yeah, that was interesting because just on Friday on the radio, he was like, yeah, Polito's absolutely available. Okay, so I get he was. But Peter was just like, nah, we're going we're gonna to wait till, uh, till our midweek game, I guess. So yeah. But he was in a, a – today's Wednesday, game tonight. He was in a press conference yesterday saying that uh, Polito will be in the 18, essentially. Yeah, Peter Peter has, has now said that Alan Polito will be in, available and on the team sheet tonight. So, well, and props to everyone reaching out to us, asking us about Polito, thinking we know things. Um, <laughs> I, like to think, I like to think we do. 
but uh, we had no answers for you there. It just didn't make any sense. Sometimes we do know some inside information. Other times we know what you know. And in the case of Polito, I think it was pretty much everybody, media or not, just we all knew the same information unless your name was Alan Polito and Peter Vermees. Right. They, they were the two who knew what was going on. Peter did not really expound upon his decision as to why he didn't put him you know, in the 18 or whatever it is. It's more than 18 now for, for these games, but. Oh yeah. It's like 20 now, huh? It's, it's expanded. Yeah. There's 11. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think it's 20. Um, 11, 12. <laughs> this has been counting with no other pod. Um, yeah. So he didn't really expound upon why he didn't put him on the team sheet, but he has promised that Polito, well, he didn't promise, but he has said that Polito will be on the team sheet you said dad you said he'd play he promised i expect that means he'll start Uh, you would hope so um because i not to jump ahead too much here but orlando (laughs) tonight is not gonna go easy on us that's for sure they they are doing big things no so let's let's talk about briefly this dallas game and and the craziness and and there's a couple different facets about this game that i do want to discuss one, let's just talk about the actual game that occurred. But two, we got to talk about the post-game quote-unquote conversation between Peter Vermees and Luchi Gonzalez and, uh, and, and the criticism surrounding FC Dallas and their time-wasting antics. So yeah, Peter wasn't happy. I loved no. it. If you look at uh, the early part of the game in the 10th minute, Sporting KC had a golden opportunity. There was a cross across the box where somebody could have gotten there at the penalty spot and put it away. Gerso ended up getting it, chipped the ball in. I'm not sure if he was trying to shoot and chip it over Jimmy Marr or if he was just trying to send a pass in. It might have been deflected, but this one bounced off the woodwork. And I remember it looks like it was deflected. I'm watching the highlight now. But I tweeted something right after this play because there had been a couple chances already. And I was like, I have a bad feeling that Sporting KC are going to do that thing that we know Sporting KC like to do where they get a lot of possession and they look very dangerous and they just can't find a goal. And that's yeah. kind of what happened. And that's and, and kind of how the, how the day went. And you know what? Start, for starters, you couldn't have asked for a better day. I was jealous. I was like, man, these are my favorite games to be at. 72 degrees and sunny, uh, not too chilly, a little bit of a breeze going on. Uh, yeah. Maybe a light hoodie if you're in the shade or something, but like, it would have been awesome to be a player or a spectator in that environment, man. Perfect yeah. weather for it. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Uh, unfortunately, the result on the field was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gianluca Buzio, he got booked early with a yellow card in the 11th minute. And, and I remember thinking at this time, and, and you know what, I'm going to say, I, I don't think the yellow was necessarily unjustified. He had been grabbing the FC Dallas player the entire way down the field. He, he went in for a tackle from behind that he knew really had no shot. So, in a vacuum of that one play, I have no real problem with the yellow card. Yeah, but for a referee who I thought he left his cards at home. Exactly. I didn't think that he, anything would uh, – I, I can't believe he didn't put one out there that early. Well, so that's – he gave the, the yellow to Buzio in the 11th minute, and then I'm, th- I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, well, this is going to be a tightly refereed game. Like, you know, there's going to be yellow cards. There's going to be stuff going around. And then he didn't pull out his, yellow, his his book again for like until I don't even know when, the 75th minute maybe. And that was, I think, when Barrios got a yellow card. But there were so many incidents. There were so many time-wasting opportunities between the 11th minute when Buzio got his, I think it was his first foul called against him, 
and the next time the ref pulled out a yellow, it just wasn't consistent. Why, why are referees scared? I, I think they're scared that yellow cards are going to change the game. Like, dude, yellow cards aren't kicking people out. You're cautioning people. Let them know that's not okay. Right. But the fact is he let, it go, he let things go on so long that he didn't even start pulling out yellow cards till the 93rd minute. Well, it's like, important. Who is this guy? Right. It's important to find that balance, right? Because yellow cards do change how some players play depending on their position, especially because you're like, okay, well, now I got to be a little bit more cautious in my, in my tackles. I got to be a little bit more cautious when I'm going in against another player because one more yellow and I'm out. So, so I understand how you don't want to just be giving away yellow cards for frivolous fouls. But at the same time, what happens if you don't manage the game, if you don't give out yellow cards either for fouls on the field or for time-wasting antics, you get exactly what happened in this game where the ref loses control of the game and sort of backs himself into a corner where now all of this stuff is going unpunished and it's getting just exponentially worse. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. and that's what Peter had such a problem with after the game. Peter was hot, man. And I, you know, I was so frustrated. I, I turned the game off right away. I didn't see all these antics after the game, um, not antics. I mean, he was, he was pissed, rightfully so. And, and then again, oh my God, we had a perfect Peter Jiff opportunity where I think he turned to one of the assistant coaches and, and he was just like, shut the fuck up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh man, who's, someone needs to be recording that. Yep. Like I, I got hot. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh... – <laughs> I don't know if he knew he was on camera or if he just didn't care or what, but he and he, I did actually ask him a question about this in the post-game presser that he didn't really expound upon, but uh, he, he and Lucci Gonzalez were clearly not on the same page about something, the FC Dallas coach. And then, yeah, one of the assistants must've said something to him. And that's when he was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. He's not, he's not taking that dude. No. He, uh, Peter's kind of a, I don't know. You kind of view him as like the father of, soccer coaches like i mean all every coach around the league peter's kind of at the i mean the longest tenure so to speak uh, yeah. on one team but i mean the the people in mls that i would kind of put on that level i guess you know there's peter bruce arena has been around forever you know he's he's still there with with new england uh bob bradley is another one with lafc you know there there are a few of these coaches that have just been in and around mls for years either as player or as coach or whatnot i mean bradley's days as as a coach go back to the early days of mls um peter obviously as a player and a coach bruce arena has been a coach for a number of years uh those those are three of the guys that i think if yeah they're kind of like the the godfather of mls coaches maybe yeah so i feel like peter went over to lucha gonzalez and was like you're gonna shut up and you're gonna listen to me (laughs) like (laughs) take a seat you know And then some assistant coach comes in and he's like, who the hell are you? Yeah. You little piss ant. Get out of here. Well, and it's the same sort of deal from that gift that we all know. So I think it was some assistant that told Peter to fuck off. And and, and that's when he was like, me? Yeah. You talking to me? Do you know who I am? Do you see my jaw structure and my tight haircut? I will kill you. (laughs) Peter. So, yeah, I mean, Peter does look like, of all the MLS coaches, like he's like maybe the most likely to be an assassin. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But. <laughs> but I don't even know if he'd be like stealthy about it. No. I feel like he'd just be like, Hey, I'm here to kill you. Yeah. And I'm going to do that right now. Yeah. 
So I, I don't want to get, I've, I've, I've not obviously been so much on his bad side that he tells me to shut the fuck up, but I've been on a hell of a press conference. I've been on his bad side a couple of times in press conferences where he did not like my question. And you could tell he did not like my question. Yeah. You get a little eye roll here and there, or or just sometimes it's a, my favorite is he just repeats what he just said. Right. Just implying that that's a stupid question. Were you listening? (laughs) Yeah. And he doesn't even let you finish the question. Like you get like halfway through and he's just like, no, no, no. I told, I disagree. That's not what happened. And then you're like, oh, okay. You're like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. Thanks. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Thank you. I'll continue (laughs) sipping my hot chocolate. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It's just, yeah, I don't know. Don't get on Peter's bad side. Um, But I mean, to, to go through sort of where things devolved with this game, 42nd minute Dallas sent in a, a, a decent cross, but our back line forgot how to play defense, particularly Beasler and Martins and just let Franco Yara go through them and get a free header inside the penalty spot. And, and I think I told you, you know, as you're looking at it, if, if that guy doesn't get by Beasler and, and Martins, there's another guy crashing that back post mm-hmm. and yep. he's going to put it in. There's yep. no doubt. So it's just like they just collapsed on that left side. And I hate that, dude, because you got Beasler mistakes, you got Zeusy mistakes, and everyone on the internet just says, is it their time? Like they're old yeller or something. Like it's time to go put them down. You know, it's, uh, it's sad. It's sad to see these mistakes from veterans. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not fun. I mean, you know, and one of the things Tim Melia talked about in the post-game press conference was consistency across the back line. And he was talking about how important it is in, in his perspective, but I mean, in most people's perspective, to have consistency, not only across that back line, but, but up to the midfield, because the midfield, obviously, especially the defensive midfielder, the interplay between the center backs and the full backs and the goalkeeper, it's all very important. So it's much easier defensively if you have a consistent group of people on the field at the same time learning each other's tendencies weaknesses strengths and on one hand it was good that this was like the third game in a row that this back line had started but then on the other hand you're like well then this happens and then who knows what the lineup's going to be like the next game and we just can't really seem to get any sort of momentum across that back line to, to leave it consistent that's what it feels like man and, and like Beasley will come out Beasley will be back in uh, these will get subbed in halfway through the game. I mean, it's a, it's just a weird, it's, it's a weird situation right now. And, and yeah. the back line a couple of years ago used to be the most solid string of positions. Yeah. Like midfield and forwards would kind of change around, but back line, you just, you could guess it. You could put money on what that, that those four positions are going to be played by. Seth, now Beasler, it's like, Ike, Zussi. There you go. And now it's like, I'm not, sure who's starting i mean if you ask me to do it i i don't know uh maybe martins is left back maybe not yeah maybe zussi takes a seat now or freaking moves up the field for some reason it's who knows where he's playing yeah i mean zussi's moved up a couple of times into the midfield and even on the wing just because of injury and availability and and certainly that's not where peter prefers to play him anymore right back is his spot but when he needs a rest, you know, that leaves Jalen Lindsay, but Jalen Lindsay also, at least to start the season, was the first choice alternate for left back. So now you have Amadou Dia, who looked decent, but I just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. This, this defense is just super strange and it doesn't help with like just a couple minutes after that first goal in game time, 
it's Franco Yara again, balls just loose in the box off of a corner. Nobody can clear it. Drops to Yara. He just punches it in off the deflection, and now it's 2-0, and Sporting KC's in a bad way. So Pretty scary. Pretty scary. Um, you know, I, I like to think that when I'm watching the Chiefs, there, there's a tendency I get in my mind where I'm like, okay, we're losing, but, like, that's where we like to play. Like, how many comebacks did they have last year? Sporting used to be like that for me. I'd be like, 2-0? Come mm-hmm. on. It's, for, it's first half. It's the most dangerous five. lead in soccer. That's true. That's true. But now uh, now it's just kind of scary. I don't know if, if Sporting can string something together to get out of the hole like that. Now, however, I ate my words because they were able to make things exciting. From 2-0, they came and got me excited to watch this game. Yeah. Well, just a few minutes after the, the Yara goal off a of deflection, a, not that dissimilar, Sporting KC set piece, ball bouncing around in the box. Johnny Russell gets on the end of it at about the penalty spot, kicks it through a group of people. It might have taken a slight deflection, but suddenly it's in the back of the net, 2-1. Sporting KC right back in this game. Now you're hype. I mean, it, when you go down like that, you might you have a tendency to get on your phone. Maybe you're distracted doing something else. Now all of a sudden you're back in. Yeah. And Sporting Casey continued to push from that moment on, looking for that equalizer. Felt like it was coming, felt like it was coming, felt like it was coming. 83rd minute, Johnny Russell again. Uh, This is off of another set piece. It's not a corner, but just a gorgeous, gorgeous delivery from Buzio right over the Dallas defenders. Johnny gets there with his head, punches it in with confidence. 2-2, tie game. Now you're not even talking about hey, can we salvage a point? At that point, I was thinking, Sporting KC got eight minutes plus stoppage time. They can go for all three. Were you thinking that? I was kind of like, the point sounds good. I mean, when you come when you come <laughs> back from two goals down, let's get that point. That's all good. I mean, it's certainly better than the loss. And, and what I was thinking is even more important maybe than us getting that extra point would be Dallas getting two less points than, than they would have gotten with a win. Yeah. But, I mean, I was like, man, we're going to push – and push, and this is after there was so much time wasting, so much time wasting, and it only continued to get worse. It was so bad, man. It got it got frustrating. But it all fell off the rails. 86th minute, Graham Zusi try to back pass to Tim Milia, just makes a total mess of it. It falls to Barrios. Tim actually is superhuman for a moment and stops Barrios in a one-on-one. But the deflection falls right to Ryan Hollingshead. It's a wide open net. He just puts it in 3-2. Game over. God, I was so excited. When Tim made the initial stop, I was like, holy shit. He's superhuman. This is great. He saved us again. And that didn't last long at all. I mean, Zussi just didn't put enough weight on that pass. Again, what is with the veteran mistakes, dude? I don't understand. Well, and people you know myself and I think yourself included we were we were so worried when that young midfield was starting to have to play together where it was you know uh, Felipe Hernandez Gianluca Buzio um, and Cam Duke they started a game and we were like oh this is young guys there might be some mistakes here and they really aren't the ones that have made the worst mistakes I kind of like our midfield I mean they're fast they're exciting Uh, Felipe Hernandez is not scared no, uh, Busio is Busio. I mean, he's yeah. big time, but uh, it's 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 fun to watch right now. I don't know when Roger will come back. I think he's still nursing something, yeah. but 
I'm fine with it right now. We have Ilya back, which is nice to have a little bit of depth. Yeah, that was interesting to see him come in uh, in the second half and push Busio forward into the yeah. attack a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of like, you know, Ilya's, there was a, a period of time where Ilya came off the bench in about the 60th minute previously. Was it, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, where they would kind of drop uh, Felipe Gutierrez back into that holding midfield spot. And then they'd bring in Ilya in like the 60th minute and push Felipe up a bit. And that worked out pretty well too. So yeah, there's precedent there. But I just like that there's a little bit more depth in that midfield now because we needed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ryan Acosta, he got a red card in the 90th minute. It was his second yellow. And then this was just an embarrassment how long it took him to get off the field. He intentionally walked the exact opposite way and the ref was all running at him and yelling at him. But like short of picking him up and carrying him at that point, what the ref, what's the ref going to do? God, that'd be amazing too. Like if the referee just like put his hands on him or, or pushed on him a little bit. Yeah. Like I know you can't do that because that's like, I don't know, assault. But uh, <laughs> I'd be the worst ref. I'd be like, get your ass off the field. Well, this ref earlier in the game when I forget who it was, one of the Dallas players was like coming up and seemed kind of mad, almost like he was going to start something with a, a sporting player. The ref broke off and kind of ran up real hard and almost like shoulder checked him. And I don't know he if did. he meant to do it the way he did it, but it certainly seemed like he kind of bumped him off. I'm not even sure it was warranted. Like the guy wasn't making a, a straight beeline to a no. player or anything. So no. he just pushed him. And I was like, can we see that again? <laughs> like, is that allowed? Our refs? Fox, Fox Sports KC was like, here you go. They yeah. showed it again. <laughs> I just, I mean, that was a, a mess. And then the, the free kick, and I believe this was in stoppage time, but it was Tiago Santos. And he took longer on this free kick than I've ever seen anyone take, even when they're intentionally trying to waste time. So long that he almost, and probably should have been, gone, given a red card almost from nothing. He, he was not booked, waited too long, got a yellow, waited so long again that the ref was walking toward him, reaching his back pocket and about to pull out the red. And that's what Tiago was waiting for and then he kicked it right then at the last second but if I'm the ref at that point and I think Nate or Jacob one of them said this on the broadcast if you've already made that decision where you're walking toward him and you're reaching for the red card don't let him weasel out of it by then kicking it no yeah. I blow it dead and I say nope it's too late red card you're off how'd that happen he, his hand was in his pocket and then he pulls it back out dude take control like yep. this is your game yep. the players don't dictate anything yeah and uh, I've, I totally forgot about the part, this was in the first half, but the MLS soccer didn't really have this on, on the highlights, but I forgot. Do you remember in the first half, the penalty that should have been a penalty that wasn't a penalty that wasn't even reviewed when Kyrie ran, got run into by Jimmy Mara, the FC Dallas goalkeeper? Yeah, because that happens in Orlando and uh, Tim gets sent off, no problem. So I really don't understand. Yeah. And, and after the game, the referee said, in the opinion of the referee, the goalkeeper of FC Dallas had established his position well before Kyrie Shelton knocked the ball past him. The goalkeeper made no movement to interfere with Shelton when the two collided. The referee deemed uh, to be a coming together of two players without a foul play. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, how is that even a, a possible opinion? Because Kyrie touches it and then there's like, it's not like it's necessarily an instantaneous. There's enough time for the goalkeeper to, to, to make a move or something. But it's out. I mean, Taylor Twelman was online being like, what is this? It was pretty much the consensus that it should have been a penalty. They're trash. 
the, the referee organization is trash. I mean, this has happened too many times now. And, and I hate to bitch about it, dude. I hate to be like, oh my gosh, it's so unfair towards us. But this happens across the league. Yeah. Like how, how are they being trained? Like, can I be a referee? Because it seems like anybody with a freaking pair of eyes can be a ref. Well, and just the thing that, that makes me so mad is like their freaking answers to the pool reporter questions after the game. They're just like, you know, one They're of the questions. So basic. You're basic. One of the questions was, why was there a decision not to award a foul in the second half uh, on the challenge of Matt Beasler prior to FC Dallas's third goal? Because it looked like there was a foul, and the answer just was, there was no foul in the attacking phase before the third goal. Answer the question, you bitch. And we're like, like that's what you. Oh my god, did you listen to the question? Right. We're like, yes, we know you said there was no foul, but like, the question was like, what is it that you saw? Why did you deem there was no foul? And it's just they're yeah. they're allowed to get away with this. So it's crap, dude. It's not fair. Like, do they get fined? Do they lose half their pay for the game? Like, it just, I don't. I, I'll never understand. Well, and that's one of the things. And I I've talked to somebody who's more aware of how the inner workings of pro works. And one of the problems is pro does sometimes punish referees for poor performances in games. They just don't publicly say that's what they're doing. It'll just be like, oh, this person doesn't end up actually getting a head referee assignment for a number of games or, oh, this person just doesn't referee something. But they don't, they don't publicly say, you know what, this game by, you know, referee, you know, Alan Chapman was was a, was subpar to the pro expectations and as a result Alan Chapman will will miss his next two assignments. Like even that would go a long way to establishing trust with the fans. They don't even say that. So uh we like I said after the game Peter yelling at Lucci, we talked about that, yelled at the assistant for Dallas when when I asked him after the post game what was going on there if you could elaborate on what that conversation was like and did it have anything to do with fc dallas's time-wasting antics all he said was you know there was something between the two benches and i believe i took care of it yeah he didn't even address your question he might as well work for pro (laughs) because you were like what was going on and he was just like it's taken care of yeah okay are you gonna murder their family what do you want to elaborate (laughs) yeah it's taken care of again is a very ominous assassin like Statement. That's very Vermees assassin right there. Like, it, it, did he look at you and do this? It's taken care of and like <laughs> sliced his throat. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. It's it was very strange. Uh, Johnny Russell, well, okay, so Peter on just the time wasting in general, he was pretty upset. I mean, he said, if you want people to watch the games in this league, whether it be live or on television, fans don't want to see those types of antics in the game. If we're puzzled at times why people don't want to come watch you play or why they don't want to watch you on TV, I think you look at those antics and people don't want to see them. I'm involved in this game and I have been since I was born and I don't want to see those things. I don't understand why the fan would want to see those type of antics in a game. I think it's disrespectful to the sport. I think it's disrespectful to the league. I think it's disrespectful to everybody who's involved with MLS, whether it be fans, owners, staffs, players, those things don't belong our game. Uh, I don't want to see it. Most people don't want to see it. And then he goes on to say the ref has to manage it. The ref has right. the he's easiest like, job in the world and he can't do it. He's like, don't worry about it. The coaches are now sleeping with the fishes. Right. And you're like, <laughs> Jesus, Peter, what do you mean? 
I mean, he went, this was his most detailed answer he gave. I, I mean, I think the referees have the easiest job in the world, he says, to manage behavior on the field. And they have the chance with cards and with that whistle to shape the game. And when players are making a mockery of it, it should be taken care of by the referee crew. And unfortunately, at times in today's game, it wasn't. Well, and how much of it was on the coaches, though? Like, coaches don't really get that much of a say of what goes out on the field. I mean, they don't have a direct line to the quarterback's helmet or anything. They, they can't really communicate that well. So it's not like head coach of FC Dallas is out here saying, hey, waste time. Take your time. Like, yeah. it's the players that decided on the collective, like, hey, let's, let's get a little cute with it here. And uh, if the ref allows it, that's on the ref. Well, that, we all do it. We all waste time sometimes in a game. So that's the thing is like, and Johnny kind of said that as much. He was like, you know, everybody wastes time. We've wasted time. You know, it's, it's just, we all manipulate the clock at times when you're winning games. We all do it, Johnny said. But certain teams do it to a whole new level and it goes unpunished, which is true. But I can't, like, it is super frustrating and I'm mad at FC Dallas for doing what they're doing. But if you can get away with it, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try? And that's what you do. You, you do try to see what you can get, man, in a game like that. And if the ref calls you on it, okay, I won't yeah. do it again, obviously. Yeah. I mean, Johnny, he goes, I'm not making excuses. We shouldn't have conceded the goals we conceded. You know, time wasting is not why we lost this game. But it is Johnny frustrating goes. when you're a team that wants to keep it moving and wants to play at that tempo. Um, and then he, he goes on to say, the free kick at the end, that's not even time-wasting. That's just complete disrespect. Johnny's like, I mean, I did my part. I scored a couple of goals. So really, this isn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's got to be so frustrating, though, just to be, especially a team like Sporting KC, the way they play, it's just this this time wasting just breaks up any sort of rhythm that they're able to build and and then it's done it's so. bad but you know what eliminates that let's go to the other side eliminates that is leading the game being in the lead and it's not yeah. something we've we've felt in a while so now other teams that see how time wasting gets to us why won't they try that yeah. later on down the road why the hell wouldn't you right if you can get away with it and the ref will let you and do it why not? And you see how much it pisses off sporting. They get a little flustered. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's just, you know, I don't know. Luchi Gonzalez tried to, uh, tried to sort of play the fence. He, you know, he said, you know, there are consequences if there are things the ref doesn't like in time wasting. These are things that happen in soccer, you know, and he, he just kind of tried to play it off. And then, and then he goes, uh, there were some words between the benches and Peter wanted to give me his opinion about words from my bench to his bench. He has the right to tell me. I heard him and I thanked him for letting me know. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just feels kind of trolly to me. It is. It is a little trolly because at the end of the day, they got the victory. So all he has to say is, yeah, there were some words, but we're more focused on the three points today. Happy to yeah. come out with three points. That's all he has to say. And that's the ultimate burn. Yeah. It's not fun, man. So, but now after all of this frustration and, and, and lack of results over the last, you know, six, seven games, you know, there's been a couple of wins, but not where Sporting KC wants to be. Somehow Sporting KC are still in second place in the West. And we have two games this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got uh, a game on Wednesday night against uh, freaking Orlando City, which is weird because... 
that doesn't fit in with the rest of the teams. And then obviously at Colorado on Sunday, which that makes a little bit more sense geographically. But, you know, you were, you were mentioning this before we actually started recording. We had a lead atop the Western Conference, and we're still within a point of Seattle, although they have a game in hand. But that Western Conference is a lot tighter now than it was a few weeks ago. It's pretty bunchy, dude. It's, a, it's anyone's conference, and the next few games are really going to start to separate the pack. Mm-hmm. There's just five points that separate second from tenth. Wow. Five points, that means you're in the playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. Now, the playoffs are expanded a little bit this year, so there's eight teams from the West that will get in as opposed to the seven from last year. But five points, I mean, SKC's dropped a lot of points over the last, you know, five, six games. We should be in first place without much of a problem. And they haven't been able to close out games at home. So yeah, you don't expect us to lose the home games. You really don't. But now we have uh, Orlando City is coming up uh, tonight. It's kind of a weird one because we'll lose. <laughs> is that your your prediction? Absolutely. You think we're in I a mean, negative spiral? Orlando looks really good, man. Um, I don't even think it has to do with us. I think Orlando is a better club since the MLS is back tournament. I mean, Orlando, yeah, they, they, they're pretty good, or, or they have been, although... Look at their rankings. Did, did you check out Sporting's by the numbers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they I mean, rank higher than us on almost everything. But they're going to be at, without Dom Dwyer. They're going to be without so Joel much. Moutinho, and they're going to be without Yuri Rosell. They got Nani. They do have Nani, and Nani's been real good for them. Chris Mueller is a, a little firecracker up there, a little hellcat. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I'm not going to say it's, it's an easy game by any means. I, I'd like to think we get a result. I'd like to think we try to make a statement and say, hey, this is, you know, this is a must win three points for Sporting KC. You got to take this. I mean, this ain't even conference game now. I mean, this, this is just additional points. It's not going to swing one way or the other. If you were to beat Seattle or something, it's an Eastern Conference team, just you got to win. I don't want to say it's a must win, but like there's not many games left in the season. Yeah. It's, it's September's almost over folks. Jesus Christ. Wasn't it just April? What has happened? Oh, I know. To the world? It's just, it's crazy. Uh, I feel like I'm just getting older. I'm like, do I have wrinkles now? Am I old? <laughs> it's what is time. It what is time. No one really knows. No one knows. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's weird, man. It's weird. And suddenly we're going to play Orlando City when the rest of the teams that we're supposed to play are like kind of within geographic, you know, relative closeness to us. And then there's just Orlando City. I'm sure Orlando is not pleased about having to get on a plane to come here either. You know what I mean? Right. It's, I don't know. It's, it's strange. And then um, we got to go to Colorado again on Sunday. And it's like, haven't we been there a couple times already? Like, and they haven't come to our place at all? Colorado and then freaking uh, Minnesota United. We're going to play them so many times. Yeah. Minnesota again. We got to play Dallas again. We got to play Houston again. Like, this sucks. And if we don't get better, those, those teams kind of have our number. Colorado's kind of a toss-up. I'm kind of like, yeah, we could maybe squeeze some points out of that. But Minnesota and the Texas teams, like, that's kind of scary. Yeah. 
Uh, a couple Chicago. We play Chicago a couple times, so whoop-de-doo. Yeah, we got a home-and-home with Chicago. We still have a home-and-home with Colorado, although one of those Colorado games was already scheduled uh, in this, like, phase two announcement. But Orlando at Colorado at Houston, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, Home against Chicago, home against Nashville SC at FC Dallas. Obviously, that's going to be a tough one at Chicago Fire, back home against Colorado, at FC Cincinnati, back home against Minnesota United, and then we finish off decision day at Real Salt Lake, which that's going to be a tough one too, especially if that's, you know, fighting for a playoff life or fighting for a home game. This is crazy, man. This this, this whole never a dull moment here, you know, we're about to play our last scheduled game and then, hey, here's some more games at you. Do you have one of these games that you're like, most looking forward to i guess out of these Uh, sure yeah i mean you got to be excited to play nashville for the first time right yeah that one's gonna be fun it's kind of cool i'd I'd love to cream cincinnati that'd be nice but you you never know that'd be cool and it'll be interesting to see sporting kc in uh, october play at soldier field that's right and they're not having fans up there are they i don't believe so which i mean i don't really feel bad for them but like Chicago Fire and MLS, but then like you think about like the LA Rams and the LA Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders, like all these places who they spent all this money on these brand new stadiums and then they open them up and nobody can be there. It's crazy, dude. That that SoFi Stadium in LA looks so yeah, cool. It does, and then no one gets to be there to enjoy it. It's yeah. kind of laughable. It is. Well, That's I don't funny. know. We still got the Chiefs people here uh, doing the chop at the stadium. We're good. Oh my God! Don't don't even <laughs> don't, get me started. Don't get you started. I'm sorry. Um, but did you, I don't know if you watch Monday Night Football at all, and we'll fin- we'll get back here to soccer in just a second, but I just thought it was interesting. Uh, the Raiders were, it was their first game at their new stadium in, in Las Vegas, and obviously they couldn't have fans there, but what they said on the broadcast that I thought it was kind of interesting is their owner, Mark Davis, was not in attendance at the game either because he was saying, if fans can't be here to enjoy the new stadium, then I don't feel like I should be able to be there either. So he That's supposedly was not at the game. And, and they're not having fans at the game all season. They've already announced that. So I assume that means – now maybe he just meant for the first game, you know, ever at this stadium, and maybe he'll go from then on out. But I just – you don't often hear owners say, hey, if fans can't do it, I'm not going to do it either. So I thought that right. was kind of interesting. That is interesting because the owner uh, – there, no, there were no fans at the Chargers and Chiefs game on Sunday, but uh, mm-hmm. you know damn well the Chiefs owners were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, their entire freaking family. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something. So. It's just entitlements is what it is. It's money, something yep. we don't have. So, uh, you know, fun stuff, status. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's how the world works. That's Social media influencers, you know. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, now we have, you know, there's going to be 23 games when it's all said and done in the MLS regular season. So that's... Which is more than we thought we'd have by a long shot yeah i mean that's a, what 11 less than normal is it normally 34 games yeah but so it's it's going to be most of a season it's not going to be a full season and of course a lot could change in an 11 game stretch so it's certainly not going to be representative of a regular season and it's absolutely not going to be representative of a, of a normal season because we're only playing i think 10 teams yeah. this year well so, you know 
And with COVID, you don't know what could happen. Like I heard Amadou Dia talking about it. He's like, you know, coming back from Orlando, you see people around Kansas City just acting like there's no pandemic. And I'm like, tell him, T. Right. Tell him, Amadou. It's and then uh, he's like, but we, we have responsibility to ourselves mm-hmm. and to our teammates and to our fans like to finish the season because if they get it, uh, then the team starts forfeiting games. Mm-hmm. Like They won't reschedule this crap. Now, it's no. not like uh, the seven players that just got COVID on, on no- Notre Dame no. and they're rescheduling that game. No. And I'm like, no, no. If There's they were no irresponsible, time. you forfeit that game. Sorry, yeah. Notre Dame. No bowl for you. There's, there's just simply no time with the MLS schedule as it is now to reschedule any lost games anymore. Right. So it sucks, but it's already going to be a jam-packed schedule. You know, a lot of Wednesday games. We got Wednesday, Sunday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday. So it's, it's packed. There's a couple of week-long breaks in there, but most of them have a Wednesday. So I don't like Sunday games all that much. Is that weird? I, I prefer Saturday games as well. Yeah. Saturday, lot, Sunday, a lot, uh, lot of football and a lot of yeah. prime time television. Yeah. I'm like, don't, don't cut into my HBO Sunday nights. Yeah. So I would prefer Saturday, but we're going to have at least four Sunday games, it looks like, coming up here over the next uh, couple of months. So well, we got to get through. Uh, we got Orlando and Colorado this, this week. So Wednesday, Sunday it is. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, couple other things to note real quick you know there was a, a pretty great article it's short and if you have an athletic subscription but there's a pretty pretty good article uh, about Gianluca Buzio on the athletic uh, there's just a couple of interesting quotes from Peter Vermees in there specifically about a potential transfer you know he says things like you know Buzio's an ambitious kid you know we've always made decisions like when it comes to the transfer of a player that you know it's a business decision, but it has to be right for both the club and the player. And so he just is talking about how, like, you know, if booze wants to go somewhere, their quote better be a really good plan for how he continues to evolve and become successful. If that's not the case, then I don't think he should be going there. It doesn't matter how much money they offer us. So Hmm. maybe that was one of the issues with that $4 million Fiorentina offer. That could be a, that could be a problem. So, I mean, a lot of people were like, hey, do they, do they want more money? And there was a, a report that Sporting KC valued him closer to $10 million, which is quite a lot. But it also could be that Peter looked at that and was like, man, I don't, I don't think this is going to be good for you. Hold off. Yeah, so, for sure. We'll see. A uh, couple of questions we got from fans. Drake Ewing, uh, will pro referees always be this hot garbage or do you think they'll ever improve? Uh, I, you know, maybe they'll improve as, as more and more people get older, become interested in becoming a referee, watch soccer more consistently. There's more referee training courses, but it's going to be a while. But also I will say not to defend pro, but I'm curious on your take on this, Dan, no matter what league you're, if you're a fan of the English premier league, you're, you're always pissed at the referees there too. Like, I don't think there's any league in the world where you're like, we have really great referees. Mm Mm-hmm. How come it's think- not like that, though, in, like, other sports, I wonder? Why is soccer so hard to control? It, well, I think it depends on the sport. But I know, like, I'm a big college football fan when sure. it exists. And I'm a USC fan in the Pac-12. And everybody's convinced the Pac-12 refs are the worst refs in the world. 
Like there's a whole thing where like something bad happens. You can go on Twitter and it's like hashtag Pac-12 refs because they've just decided that Pac-12 refs are the worst. Now I'm sure if you were to go talk to, you know, Big Ten fans, they'd be like, no, no, no. You've never seen Big Ten refs. We're the worst. And Big 12 probably thinks the same thing. So, you know, you hear maybe less about it in a place like the NFL, I guess. But I don't know. It is. I just think that every fan always thinks that their refs are the worst and they hate their own team. Yeah, I just imagine it's a soccer thing, though, for the most part. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not watching a Chiefs game on Sunday and really bitching out the referees. There are some fans who definitely do that, but but I think you're right. I I tend to at least look at. Maybe it's because it'd be exhausting because there's so many plays going on, whereas soccer is just a continuous thing. I mean, like baseball umpires you want you want to sit here and argue every single pitch you yeah just, you can't do that it's exhausting well and not to make excuses for nfl referees or whatnot because a missed call is, is bad or whatnot but you know there 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 seems to maybe be a little bit more margin for error with with missed calls or incorrect calls in in the nfl like the play will stop you have time to regroup all that stuff whereas like you miss a call in the soccer game that suddenly causes a defender to fall down. And now you're down a man and the next thing you know, there's a goal and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no time to stop and sort of regroup. That's true. It's definitely a whole different beast. Uh, Zachary Harden asked overall opinions on the fan safety protocols. And do you feel it worked for CMP? Uh, neither of us have been to a game yet. Yeah. But from what I've heard slash seen has been very mixed. I like, think so. yes, mostly people are following it, but also, yes, there's those neighborhood jackasses mm-hmm. that ruin the fun for everyone, you know? Yeah. So I have heard people have gotten asked to leave because um, they weren't following the rules. Uh, not sure if it was Polito's wife or not, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll figure that out. We'll get to the bottom of that. But I, I you know, kudos, kudos to them for trying to do this. Um, I'm always very skeptical right now, man. When, when we try to do things, I'm just like, this is a bad idea. This is very, this is not worth it. You know what I mean? Uh, the camera angles are good enough for me on television. Yeah. So I, I, agree but I fear, you. I fear that I'm becoming too much of a homebody now. I feel like when things are better yeah. and like, say you're like, Hey man, you want to go uh, grab a bite to eat? I'll be like, uh, you want to just bring it over? Right. Like I'm, no, I'm kind of used to staying here. It's a real <laughs> thing. I think it'll, t- I mean, you and I, I think, and plenty of people, I know many of our listeners as well, have, have tried to be, you know, very cautious with this. We're not going out much except beyond doing like grocery shopping. Uh, we're not eating in restaurants, really. If, if you want food, it's, it's takeout or delivery. Which I, I liked doing that before. So, I mean, right. this really wasn't that different. You know, we're not getting on flights or nothing. No, the, the only thing that we've really done out and about was we went on a hike but that's outdoors and you can kind of distance from people and where we went, there wasn't really anyone else there. So, mm. so there's that, but we run every day. And if we, well, yeah. every other day, and if we're running by someone, sure. I'm like getting into the street. Sure. No, we do the same <laughs> thing. We'll go on walks or jogs or whatnot, you know, and around the neighborhood and, and it's the same sort of deal. You either go to the other yeah. side of the street or go down the middle of the street, but <clears throat> excuse me, I do think it is going to take an adjustment period to, to get back to, Oh, I can go sit in a restaurant and eat. But do I want to? And not worry about an airborne illness. I still think that's a ways off, at least for me personally. But I don't know. 
I, I was a big movie goer, man. I, I, I look forward to yeah, seeing man. movies again someday. So yeah, my streaming services, I, I, I probably own stock in those because I've been crushing it, man, binging stuff. Well, streaming services, I've been playing more video games. Don't get me started on Fall Guys. I just bought some new video games. Fall Guys, man. I love it. I'm all about it. So okay. it's a uh, shout out to Fall Guys if you're a player out there. I know our, one of our listeners, JDocLA, he apparently plays because he gets mad every time I tweet that I want another crown. So I don't know anything about this. I, I'm just like, put me on Call of Duty and, and let me snipe. Oh, yeah. You See, know? those I like those games, but they stress me out. Fall Guys, it's like, you ever play to Mar- too much? You ever play Mario Party? You know how they're like sure, m- mini games? There are some of those games you don't want to be the best at, like shaking up the soda can and seeing how high <laughs> the stream goes. That's not a, one you want to be victorious. Sure, sure. Well, so Fall Guys, <laughs> I liken it to kind of like, it's almost like Mario Party mini games on steroids because they're each like two minute rounds. They're like big obstacle courses or challenges that. Is this a free it, game? It's free on PlayStation Plus. I think it's 20 bucks for PC. But you have to pay for PlayStation Plus, right? Yeah. If, what about Xbox? Is it on Xbox? It's not on Xbox yet. Oh, well. It, I it, to I play on my slow computer? That sounds terrible. It will be on Xbox probably at some point. Right now it's a PlayStation exclusive. But it's so much fun, dude. You're just this weird little jelly bean trying to get through an obstacle course. Is it like Little Big Planet? People. Did you ever play Little Big Planet? I never did, but I know what you're talking uh, about in kind of. That was kind of kind of like I didn't have to think too much. Yeah, and you can just buy buy little outfits to dress your jelly bean like you know one you might want to be a pineapple or you might want to be a cat or you know you can dress as a little pirate oh so, my gosh you are this is like a, a freaking <laughs> advertisement for them this is good publicity. Oh, I'm, I'm all about it it's so much fun that's cool but, but i've been playing more games and i've been watching more you know things on tv youtube heck i started watching twitch just to see what that's all about man i'm so I'm still trying to soldier through Handmaid's Tale, man. That is a That's creepy a show. One. That's a tough one. Um, last couple of things here before we, we want to get away from this. Um, Smith of Snow, one of our listeners. Uh, this is kind of an interesting little note. On September 22nd, 2004, the Kansas City Wizards won their first Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup in club history, defeating the Chicago Fire 1-0 to at Arrowhead 16 years ago. So... It's kind of cool. a cool little note. He did ask us to name our favorite player from that team. And I will say, at least for me, but I think you're in a similar position. 16 years ago, we weren't SKC or Kansas City Wizards fans because, at least for me, I was still in high school. I was living in Los Angeles. I had never been to Kansas City. I was not aware of much going on in Kansas City. So, I mean, I looked up the roster, and, and, and I know, obviously, you know some of these players. You know, there's Tony Miola, Kerry Zavagnin, uh, Precky, Jimmy Conrad, Jack Dewsbury, Josh Wolf. Like, these are, these are well-known players, Diego Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be disingenuous for me to claim I had a favorite from that team. Yeah, man. I mean, I went, I went all in on sporting 2014, and I didn't even – I was unaware that they won MLS Cup. I, like, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> they were the defending champions. Right. So like, yeah. while it looked like I was just jumping on the bandwagon, I just happened to fall into fandom that year yeah. and was like, oh, they, they won last year. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, 2014, that was the year that I also moved to Kansas City too. So it was a natural transitional period for me. Oh, I gravitated really? toward SKC because of like the community that it had built. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Similar we situation. Were, we were founding members of the Sporting Victors, man. Man. That this, didn't last uh, long. 
But without the sporting victors, no other pod would not exist. That's true. That's true. So. But we got to do some cool shit, man. Like I, I did. celebrity bartending. I mean, I remember I got to be yeah. bartending with Matt Beasler and Amelia yeah. and Espinoza. I I got to uh, we were at it was at the celebrity bartending event where Dom Dwyer was there and we had just played the Portland Timbers and my brother Eddie's a big Portland Timbers fan and there was a controversial play where Timbers fans thought that Dwyer deserved a red card and he didn't get one and my brother was texting me all about it after the game that's a red card Dwyer's a little bitch and he shouldn't have been and so I went up to Dom at, I was feeling bold I guess this night and I was like Dom my brother's a big Timbers fan like would you help me send a Snapchat to my brother and tell him it's not a red card? Oh no. And he was like, he was like, I'll do it. But like, you can't post it publicly. Like I don't want to get fined by the lead. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, statute of limitations at this point. So you showed him like you sent it. So Well, so I I pull out my phone and it starts with me. This was beautifully executed. It starts with me and it's just me on the phone. And I was like, Eddie, you know, just wanted to send you a little bit of, of a message about that red card that you think happened yesterday. And I turn the camera and it's Dom Dwyer right next to me. And he goes, Eddie, mate, it wasn't a red card. It was no way it was a red. And he just like goes on this little rant about how it wasn't a red card. And I sent it off to Eddie. And he, cool. Im- he immediately calls me. He was like, where are you? What is happening? See, I was, I was upstairs <laughs> and I, I came down and Dom and I like compared tattoos. It was super weird. He's like, let, let me see your tats, mate. I was like, oh, you mean this one? <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually still have, I'll show it to you sometime. I still have the video saved on my phone. Oh, that's funny. He told me. He not said to not to put it publicly, so uh, probably need to put it publicly. I'm not going to tweet it publicly now, but I'll, <laughs> I'll show it. If, if ever we're allowed to gather again and people are interested, I'll show them on my phone, but it's kind of funny. Well, when he retires and he's not, you know, then you can put it out there. Yeah. Shout out to one dumb sent a snap to my brother oh he's Um, injured again oh that's right now (laughs) but yeah sporting victory i mean that's how we met and uh it was kind of funny i think it was that we had followed each other on twitter and it was one of those awkward things where i think we we were sitting at a table like on the first meeting and i think we kind of saw each other and it was one of those things where you kind of recognize somebody from seeing their tweets or their post and you're like pretty sure i know this person but we've never actually talked in person yeah i I think it was you actually who was like hey i think uh I would follow each other on Twitter. I think you came and talked to me. I I would have, nah, I would never talk to you. I I absolutely 100% remember this. It was like, really? We were were both awkward and shy. But for some reason, (laughs) you were feeling bold at that moment. You're like, I think we, uh, I think we actually follow each other on Twitter. And I was like, I was like, I think we do. And look, look at us now. Then we hugged the Paul Red thing. Look at us. Who would have banged it out? It was crazy. This just got sexy. This is quite the romance. You know, it started with your Mario Party thing and it went off the rails. <laughs> Dude, you know what game I'm talking about. You ever <laughs> shake that soda can? Uh, no comment. Makes your um, forearm, forearm cramp. <laughs> let's let's uh, finish off the pod. We, we don't have much other news around the league. Atlanta signed a DP, but he'll probably be terrible. So I don't want to talk about it. Atlanta lost again. Yeah, fun yeah. stuff. But uh, U.S. men's national team they normally would have an October camp coming up here and some friendlies and they have just announced that they will not have an October camp or matches due to the quote unique challenges of COVID-19. So there's that, but there is a potential plan for them to have a November camp uh, in Europe, play some European teams and it might be European only players, depending on whether Americans are allowed out of the country. Hmm. So. Okay. 
they're going to have to start playing somehow, some way soon, because next year you got World Cup qualifying matches starting. Which is just weird, man. It's can you can you imagine if this if COVID took place on a World Cup year? I mean, it was the Olympics. We're supposed to be this year. Yeah, it's true. The Olympics got it messed up. Yeah, and now they're supposedly doing the Olympics next summer, but who knows if we'll even be able to do that? Or the rest of the world might be able to do the Olympics, and the U.S. might not be able to participate. That's true. So we'll see. But anyway, man. Um, that's that's about all we got this week. Um, I don't have anything else to uh, to really add. Do you? Um, nah, man. No, we're, we're we got we got to get a big victory tonight. Uh, I'm yeah. worried about it. I don't think it's gonna happen, but uh, I'd love to be proved proven wrong. Yeah. So, shout out to uh, all the people who have left us a five star rating and review. If you have not yet done so, please go ahead and do that. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at DanCoozer, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Uh, send us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. And yeah, hopefully we'll be back next week. We'll have two games to catch up on. Hopefully we'll have at least a partial victory pod. But until next week, he is Dan, I'm Jimmy, and we will catch you all later. See ya. Hey, I think we follow each other on Twitter. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.